I believe full heartedly that our loved ones that we grieve the losses of, they want us to be embodied. I really do believe that because they can no longer be embodied on this earth. To me, I take it as a personal charge from my boys, Patrick and Logan, that it is my duty and my responsibility to live even more full out than I was before in order to honor them because they can't. Hello everyone, Dr. Anna here, and I'm gonna share with you a story about my cookie pan and my guest today who is Lindsay, and she has come to us from a really heartfelt space. And we're gonna share some information and talk about a very tough topic about grieving and how both of us sadly have in common the loss of, loss of a child. For my audience knows that I lost a son when he was 18 months old and, and Lindsay's lost two children. And we're going to share like how this is a season of grieving, but also, you know, beyond that, others like this cookie pan just triggered such a tremendous grief reaction. I love this cookie pan. It's so old. It was my mom's cookie pan. And I spent many hours in the kitchen over this cookie pan rolling and making and cooking and baking on this cookie pan. And so when I took it out over Thanksgiving, my mom's been past 20 years now. And when I took it out over Thanksgiving and I was preparing some appetizer of bacon wrapped dates for um, our Thanksgiving luncheon, I was just standing there wrapping, not even thinking about it. Then I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, and that just tidal wave of emotion overcame me and I just started sobbing. My daughter Amira was home and she's my 20, 20 year old home from college, 19 actually. And she just bear hugged me and just held me and wouldn't let me go. And, and it was that tidal wave of grief. And I know I'm not alone. I know there are many other people that are struggling with this very same thing and struggling with grieving through the holidays, those that we wish were with us but are not. And so I'm bringing on a special guest, Lindsay, who has been just sharing her story with me. And I knew that she could help so many of you. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. And I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to connect with you and to your audience to talk about grief and grieving. It's such a heavy topic, literally and metaphorically. And our culture is just not really taught how to grieve, you know, and we find ourselves in the midst of it and quite often judging how we're navigating it, feeling like we should be doing something other than what we are doing or feeling something other than what we are actually feeling. And I, I love talking about this topic. I really do. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm, grateful for you being here. It's not easy to talk about, but you know, we're in a safe space. Mm -hmm. you know? And also I know that you're as committed as I am to helping people heal, heal from tragedy and heal from the word that comes to mind is pretending. Our lives are forever changed. And we can't pretend in ways that society expects us to. I had a Another beautiful woman I know that tragically lost her 12-year-old son in a car accident. And she said, you know, like, I feel bad being happy. It's like I have to be in this state all the time. It's like, how do I navigate this? You know, like, 
you know, I was with a friend and she made me laugh. And then I felt guilty about being, you know, about laughing. And in that sense is, is, you know, we stepped into a different world essentially, right? We're in a different existence and, and it's a challenge. Like, how do you navigate that? So will you share a little bit about your story, Lindsay? I know it's hard. So only share what you feel comfortable with. Yeah. One of my little hashtags is we can do the hard things and it's with great amounts of compassion and massive amounts of pleasure and joy that we can actually navigate this hard and difficult spaces as well. So a little bit about my background, I, for over 20 years, have been a massage therapist and a childbirth doula. And so I'm very used to being in those places with other people where they're working through some really tough things. So when our tragedy hit us, we were in a house fire and um, my husband and I and our guests that we were hosting all survived, but my two boys died in that house fire. They were five and 10 and it was awful. And it, it was the worst nightmare. And the impact that it had, of course, to us and to our family, but across the entire community was just huge. And I did everything that I could for months to numb myself, to go into that self-protective mode because it was so big. I could not wrap my head around it. And it was with working through animals with horses and equine therapy and practicing the Koya movement practice that I teach and run retreats for, that I started feeling the sensations and feeling the emotions and allowed them to percolate up to the surface so that I could handle them in a community and a sacred container that could also help me navigate them. It was just the most beautiful gift. It helped me get to those places where my linear mind and thinking and languaging could not access. And I started feeling again. I can't say that it's easy at all, but what I learned is that the heart can expand. It can include our deepest pain points and our greatest choice at the same time. Yeah. I think I'll have you explain the Koya, Koya movement. Yeah. So Koya movement. And also, you know, one of the things you said, you said first you went through this time period of just numbing your feelings mm-hmm. and you know, just getting numb. And then this has helped you get re, you know, in touch again with your feelings because it's, it's a jumble, you know, yeah. after a tragedy, there's a jumble of feelings. So there's, yeah. um, you know, we go through the stages of, grief that um, have been well discussed, but it's different when, you know, it's the, the physiology of grief is really, is interesting. And it's almost like shattering. Yeah. In a way. And yeah. so like, how do we then, okay, this is just too much. I can't handle this. Right. Yeah. And for me, like I explain it as all nerve endings firing at the same time. And it's like being fried out to that, you know, post-trauma. And then it just, every time we think about it, we get that again and again and again. And um, that's been part of my healing through our trauma and our grieving is, you know, being able to honor those thoughts and times and memories versus being traumatized by them again. 
Yeah. Also compartmentalize. Like, okay, you know, I've got the space to honor this and that's my 8 to 8.15. I did that a lot, especially when I was in medical practice. But recognizing too that there's so much healing that does have to take place and we have to honor our time, our body, and our own processes to allow that to happen. And so can look at it as an observer as well as the participant at the same time. And I do highly encourage that. Yes, absolutely. Tell us about this Koya method. So Koya is a form of movement that is celebrating our 10th anniversary this year. And it has gained the attention of Psychology Today and OprahWinfrey.com. It is a movement practice that uses movement, i.e. dance, as metaphor. And so you come to a Koya class that might last an hour to an hour and a half, and you're processing through emotions as it relates to your physical being. There's always a theme for each class and you are exploring your own relationship to that theme, not comparing how others in the class are exploring their relationship to that theme. And we use our bodies as a tool to help navigate that. So explain some more. So if we were in a class with you. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So One of the classes that I taught, the theme is called Good Grief. And so it takes you through the heart opening. Well, we first connect with our breath, always, always, always. Connecting with our breath, moving into setting an intention for the class. So today we're dancing for fill in the blank. What is that intention? Maybe the intention is to just get through this next hour. Maybe the intention is to get through these holidays. Maybe the intention is to reconnect with my physical body. Maybe the intention is to connect with the ones that I am grieving over or the experience that I'm grieving over. For me, it's the loss of of my boys. For someone else, it could be the loss of a pet or their business changing or going through menopause and grieving different stages of our lives. And so we open our hearts. We learn how to open our hearts from where we are in that moment without judgment. We go deep into our hips and then we dance through our yoga and we do some shadow work as well. And we literally shake it off shake off everything that does not serve us anymore. And then our bodies... When you talk about shadow work, is that like the negative self-talk? Is that like the labels that we've attached to ourselves or have been attached to us? Is that like shaking off the negative thoughts and practices? Yes and no. So in Koya, the... C-O-Y-A? Close. Q-O-Y-A. Mm-hmm. Shadow, as it relates to Koya, is just the opposite of the theme. So if the theme is good grief, then what is the one word that comes up for you that is the opposite of good grief? And what that word is for me is different than what that word is for someone who's standing right beside me or across the circle. And so then we have the opportunity to, for 
three minutes of a song to connect with that feeling. So it's the contrast. And by exploring the contrast of feelings and emotions, we understand the flip side even better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Like debate, right? In order to understand both sides, you've got to look at both perspectives. Yeah. And shadow is just that which is beneath the surface. So it's not negative. It's not good or bad. It's not dualistic or, or anything like that. It's just what's beneath the surface, what's in the shadow places that are a part of the whole. And as women, as women going through menopause, as women who are grieving, we have to explore those places if we're going to live our lives from a whole and embodied and a place of, of healing. Also in Koya, we have plenty of time to celebrate and to go into free dance. And we also connect with other women in the room and we there's time for a quick share and then we stretch our bodies and end in a lovely savasana that's just so nourishing for our bodies yeah i can i can imagine it that sounds fascinating and it really is interesting because in in talking i've traveled around the world talking to people who have grieved and you know what the different cultures and different practices have been around grieving loss and and loved ones and and you know where we honor it label it take time with it and even separate sometimes from others with our grief. It's different and it's been different in different cultures. Fascinating. Yeah. And and to see that like this practice of healing modality that you've brought in to work with your, you know, for yourself and also working with your clients is one that is incorporating being like really I think it's like being back in your body because when we are I mean it's tempting to go somewhere else right like you know we want to go somewhere else and I I remember the example I remember being in a actually writing seminar at one point and one of my friends that was in there shared her story about her mother and her mother had lost her child at four years old after vaccination syndrome, a post-vaccination syndrome decline neurologically for a year. And, and um, she was a six-year-old girl at the time. And she said, I remember my mom just even standing on the windowsill wanting to jump out, you know, just wanting to, to die. And I said, it's really hard. You know, biblically, we're told, you know, even the shepherd leaves the 99 for the one, you know, and it's like, you know, how do we, you know, that's a, a tough area to navigate. And she mm-hmm. goes, I could never understand her. And I said, I can understand her completely because one leg is living in another world and one leg is living in this world. But the practice is to get back to live in this world, right? To get back into our body, into our reality, into what is present, to be able to reconnect with us physically because there's that part that just wants to leave. Mm -hmm. So I think adding in being present in your body, being physical, incorporating that, realizing physically what you're feeling emotionally and where that needs to be worked out physically because our body, different organs hold energy. I'm sure it's structural as well. Mm -hmm. So being able to work that out, I can imagine that's incredibly, incredibly healing and a practice of really bringing our presence back here to the land of the living as well. 
Yeah. And I, I believe full heartedly that our loved ones that we grieve the losses of, they want us to be embodied. I really do believe that because they can no longer be embodied on this earth. To me, I take it as a personal charge from my boys, Patrick and Logan, that it is my duty and my responsibility to live even more full out than I was before in order to honor them because they can't. So I have to connect with my body every morning when I step out of the bed, every morning. And, and I speak to them and I pray with them still and to them and I feel their presence with me. And I, I always ask the question, where am I going to see you today? Where am I going to see you today? So then I can step out of my bed excited to be noticing what happens around me and who's around me and listening deeper to conversations that I can hear their voices reflecting inside of. I love it. I say, God, show me heaven on earth today. Yes. Very similar. Um, You know, it reminds me, you said grieving the loss of love. And and one thing I would say is that love never dies, right? That that grief is that expression of love. And that's one thing that so comfort me is, you know, the energy of love. I mean, that never dies. Yeah. You know, and and we know just from physics, let's even talk quantum physics, is that, you know, energy is everlasting. So yeah, that can be tremendously healing. So I want to share with you this quote from Halil Gibran on joy and sorrow. Have you heard this one before? Mm. It's one of my favorites from all times. And it says, your joy is your sorrow unmasked. And the self-same well from which your laughter rises was oftentimes filled with your tears. And how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Is not the cup that holds your wine the very cup that was burned in the potter's oven? And is not the lute that soothes your spirit the very wood that was hollowed with knives? When you are joyous, look deep into your heart and you shall find it is only that which has given you sorrow that is giving you joy. When you are sorrowful, look again into your heart and you shall see that in truth you are weeping for that which has been your delight. Some of you say joy is greater than sorrow and others say, nay, sorrow is the greater. But I say unto you, they are inseparable. Together they come. And when one sits alone with you at your board, remember that the other is asleep upon your bed. And this is from Khalil Shabran in his book, The Prophet. So beautiful. I love it. I love it. I might have to post that on my Facebook page today. Thank you. Yes, yes. Well, definitely share this. And for our listeners, please share this recording and share this with your friends and post your comments. Share with us your comments. Like, how are you honoring those that you love through the holidays here? And how, you know, again, I just want us to really not stuff it, to let it flow because that's the, you know, that's the, flow of love, the flow of energy. And always when we feel that sadness, it is a reflection of the joy. And that's a good reminder for all of us. Lindsay, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you to join you in one of your very tremendously healing retreats. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So I have a website. It's called www.soulbodyconnect.com 
com, And on the website, there's a blog that I write about all kinds of things about how our soul meets our body and creating that space for connection and retreats as well. And upcoming retreats, there's a Koya Collective retreat in Costa Rica where I'm joining seven other Koya teachers from across the world and we'll be moving to all kinds of themes around connection in Costa Rica. You can learn about it at my website, soulbodyconnect.com. And also a dream work retreat coming up at the end of April, accessing those deep intuitive places where there's rich wisdom to learn from and we'll be unpacking dreams and learning about how to leverage our dreams as we navigate our real everyday lives i love it thank you thank you so much thanks for sharing and thanks for our listeners for being here today and and participating with us in this program Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity and the time to just remind people to feel. And as we feel, we heal and to honor and to call it all sacred because it really is. It really is. Yeah, without a doubt. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.